You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie. Some of you guys know me as Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters podcast. We're very excited about this. I hooked up with the good people over at Machine Masters, machinemasters.com, to bring you this podcast. And on this episode, we interview my good friend and former manager, Kareem Fort, who's also the director and producer of Demo's Documentary. It's an independent artist guide to success. It's a documentary that features a lot of dope hip hop artists, everybody from Black Thought, Talib Kweli, Hobson, Mac 10, and many, many more. In this episode, we talk about everything from getting out in the streets and hustling. A lot of the business really is about that face-to-face. We talk about building relationships and maintaining those relationships. I built and maintained those relationships throughout the years. And we also talk about what you got to do to accomplish your goals and make it happen. And there's a word that people are afraid of. You and I do it all the time. I've done it for years. It's called sacrifice. Then we touch on education and the type of people you should have in your circle if you want to be successful. You can learn from the people who you surround yourself with. It was a very dope episode, and I think you guys will get a lot of value from it. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, so please subscribe and rate us. Share it with your friends. But without further ado, here's episode one of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Kareem Ford. everybody this is reggie aka nobody famous and i'm here with my good friend kareem fort director of demos documentaries also my former manager what's going on kareem what's up my brother chilling man thanks for coming on first episode do it off right um so just give the world a little bit about yourself and then we're just gonna jump right into it just so everybody knows i haven't told him the questions of what i'm gonna ask him but we're gonna talk a lot about, (laughs) about hustling and uh you know, the grind and all that kind of stuff. But give them a little quick background on yourself. Oh, man. Um, okay, I'll do the short version. Um, man, basically, I started out as as an artist, and then I transitioned into into management, and that's how you're coached. That's how we met or whatnot. Um, and then from, from management, I decided to partner with um, an associate of mine, Kevin Nottingham, to um, start a digital label. Um and I was basically focused on more of the marketing and the promotion side of things. And, you know, there from there, I started into film, um, which was kind of something that just kind of happened. It kind of just sparked off an idea um, to do this to do this film, um, independent documentary. Um, and it just kind of, you know, things just spiraled from there, man. Um, so now I'm really heavy into getting back into doing another film project. So it's pretty cool, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. And just so, so everybody knows, um, I met Kareem back in 2007, probably about five or six weeks after I moved out to L.A. Um, back, in, back in the day, you know, Craigslist used to really be popping. You could find some legitimate opportunities on there. So he had posted an ad looking for artists for a mixtape he was working on, and that's how we actually met. Um, so Kareem, tell everybody, like, at that time when you posted that ad, um, what you were trying to do with that project and accomplish with, you know, looking for artists and finding people to work with at that time. Um, at that time, I, I had taken a little hiatus from music, um, and I was with 
a friend of mine at, at the time named Marcus, and he was a DJ and, and trying to get into production and showed interest in, in you know, putting together a mixtape. So I said, well, you know, definitely, you know, at that time I was ready to kind of get back into it. So I put out an ad, because at this time, Craigslist was really an efficient way to, to get stuff done and to reach yeah. artists and stuff like that. So I just put out an ad, man. I put out an ad to, hey, you know, I'm looking for artists for this, for this mixtape. And, man, the responses was just crazy, because at that time it was like the Internet was the prime, prime avenue to get stuff done. You know what I mean on on any level, really, yep. and so that's that's just what I did, man, and that just started to snowball from there and start to make things happen. Definitely, definitely. So um, after that, you know, we met um, through that mixtape. We had did a song or two, and then you had uh -huh. um, approached me to be my manager, actually. So I remember, yeah. I remember giving you a real hard time about that and things like that. But what made you want to? Um, after you said you know you came back, um, getting uh -huh. back into it, what made you want to reach out to me? Um, to be my manager as well, some of the other artists, you know, that you were working with at the time and um, Man Up Management and kind of yeah. growing that. What made you want to kind of grow your management company? Well, you know, I I was pretty always in tune what was going on on an independent level as far as, a, you know, a bigger commercial level. Um, and so when I got a lot of the responses, you know, I, I listened to everything that I got, you know, and a lot of it started to sound the same after a while. And then I, course, I came across your music and I said, well, this dude is different. He, you know, has a different, different sound. He's definitely not from California, but I just knew that there was something, something real special about you. And I didn't know really how to approach it, but I was like, look, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I, you know, I just had this drive in me to, to really get out there and make it happen. And I, at that time, I had the time and the energy to do it. And I knew that, that you had something. You weren't just a rapper. You were also a producer, which was very attractive to me at that point. And a lot of the stuff that you did as far as your own marketing and how you were promoting yourself was all self-contained. So I was like, this dude is really talented if he's doing all of this. So at that time, you know, MySpace was really popping and whatnot. So I just went through all your social media stuff, and I was like, this dude is really legit. So I just said, you know what, after we had done, I think it was the record or two, like you said, that we had, we had did for the tape, and I was just impressed again. So I was like, look, we started talking. I knew that you was new to L.A. at that point. So I said, shit, why not? Let me just see if, if he wants to get together and work. So I never really approached it as a management thing. It was more like, let's partner up. And I think ever since, you know, we started, it was more of a partnership than anything. So, yeah, you, you did give me a hard time. Yeah, because yeah. You, you were really serious about your craft. And that I had to respect. So, it, it was cool. Yeah, I, I totally look at it as a partnership as well. That's kind. I think that's kind of why I did give you a hard time, because I wanted you to be invested in it as much as I was. Because, like you said, I was doing – I learned graphic design from the need of having to have album covers and stuff for MySpace and things like that. So, that's how I learned. Same with video and, and everything else. So. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of what this whole podcast is about. It's like how these things overlap, how you collab with people, how you reach out to people, network, and, and how you get on your grind. So speaking of mm -hmm. like your grind and, and everything like that, um, how do you define like hustle? Like what is hustling to you? Hustling is really going above and beyond um, what's expected and, and what you feel you can do. Because you know, hustling, especially at that time when we first linked up, it was really physically being out in the street. It was really, you know, face-to-face, -face, having that contact, shaking these people's hands. And 
learning that a lot of the business at that time and still is today, a lot of the business really is about that face to face and being, you know, connected and being likable. Once you're likable, believe me, just that alone can get you further than just the talent that you might have. You know, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but if you have good music on top of being likable, then you can definitely get what you need. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And speaking of the likable and the networking and things like that, do you think that that helped you? Um, you know, a few years later when you started um, producing the, the film demos, just the the con- connections you made, the people you met, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Because everything is relationship driven, right? So even those times when you and I started, I met you know, certain people in different positions and I built and maintained those relationships throughout the years. So I, I never, I never had bad vibes with anybody or even if we did, it was always a respect level there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I never took anything personal with business, but I knew that I had product that people didn't have and that they actually needed. So I was very aware of, of how to play this game from, from the beginning. So all those relationships that I had, I still have them today. You know what I mean? I, I can still pick up the phone and call anybody, you know? So relationships is, is everything in this business. Yeah. And speaking of, um, like, relationships, and, um, you know, we listen to a lot of podcasts and everything like that and, um, you know, read a lot of different books and, like, talk mm-hmm. about, like, the relationship building, like the jab, jab, right hook. So, you know, you kind of give to people, give to people, and then when you have to ask for something, you know, that's kind of like the right hook. Right. You know, that, that Canelo, so to speak, um, <laughs> of, of asking for something. So... How do you, how do you go about maintaining relationships? Like you might not talk to somebody every day or every week or even every month, mm-hmm. but you have mm-hmm. to, you know, six months down the road, a year down the, down the line, you might have to go to somebody and ask somebody for something. So how do you find a balance and you know keep it in touch and kind of mm-hmm. providing adding value to somebody else's career or life or whatever, and then later on down mm-hmm. the road, if you need something for them, asking for that favor. You know, um, because this community that we're involved in is relatively small, especially as far as people that are really trying to make things happen. Cause a lot of people talk about, you know, doing things, but there's a, a select group of people that are actually out there making these things happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I did a lot of business over the internet via the email, I would just reach out and just say, Hey, you know, how you doing? Or what's going on? Just yeah. checking in. It doesn't really have to be, you know, anything drawn out or anything elaborate, really. It's just checking in, seeing, how, seeing what they're doing, seeing if they actually might need anything from me. You know what I mean? Um, and just showing them that I just support what, the, what they're doing. And a lot of times, just doing that, you stay fresh on people's minds. You know what I mean? Um, it's really, a, you know, a chess game, you know, versus checkers. You really just have to just stay on top of stuff, even if it's, you know, making a comment on somebody's um, post, that they might got posted on, you know, two dope boys, let's say, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They read those comments. They see those comments, and they take that as support, just like I would. So those little things definitely keep things kind of uh, in their face, but just kind of not really in their face, but kind of just let them know that you're still there and you're supportive. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and kind of speaking on the whole networking and to kind of circle back on the management things, I know we kind of talk about this a lot, and, I'll get mm-hmm. emails or, or you'll get emails or something from like an artist and it'll be like a, it'll be just like a track and it'll be like, check this out. Or it'll be like a random comment, <laughs> random comment oh, yeah. on, on Instagram or something like that. Right. 
Um, so yeah. how, how do you feel like it, say if you were going to get back into management, how would you want artists to approach you? Cause I know a lot of the times, even for me as a producer or photographer or whatever, I get turned mm -hmm. off by the way some people hit me up. So what do you think are some good ways that like an artist can reach out to like the influencers or the managers to the bloggers or whoever, um, just to mm -hmm. kind of make contact, introduce themselves without seeming, you know, like they're thirsty for, for the attention or the blog post or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we joke, we joke about that all the time um, because yeah, I, I still, even to this day, I haven't been in management for years, but I still get emails, uh, you know, requesting to be, you know, uh, to send an artist for management or whatever the case is. You know what? It's really simple, man. And I talk about this often <clears throat> is you have to understand the basics of writing an email. You know what I'm saying? It's really just, you know, people overthink a lot of stuff and that is always probably 85% of the time their downfall. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, first of all, you want to have it, you know, make your email personal. You have to know who you're sending this email to. Mm hmm it could be as simple as um, using the BCC. A lot of people fail to do that. Yeah, I hate you know that. what I mean? No. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like come on, man. Like seriously, email's been around forever. So it's just knowing who um, you're sending the email to. Proper English is always great. I've gotten emails where I just said, "Yo," you know, in the in the subject. Yeah, and I'm like deleting that. If I don't know you personally, I'm deleting it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just really following the basics and be specific. Don't draw out. Don't send me your whole catalog. Don't don't send me unfinished product. I've gotten that email where oh here's some stuff I've been working on. It's not quite done yet, mm -hmm. but I'm like yo, we well, didn't take the time to finish your your stuff. You didn't you know approach me exactly. Um, and you know even if it's not me, if it's a blog or whatever, it's the same approach. It's not, it, there isn't anything different. Say, hey, you know, this is my name. This is where I'm from. Here's my music. You know, here's how you can contact me. Put all the pertinent information in there. Don't overdo it. Mm -hmm. And just make it, you know, maybe a couple of sentences. You know what I mean? Not even, you know, people I've seen, oh my God, man. I've seen long, drawn out emails. I'm like, I don't got the time. Yeah. I don't have the time to, to read all this. Just get to the point. Be specific. Use you know spell check like simple stuff. You know it, you'll be surprised. The, the, at least you'll get a response. I would definitely respond to that email. Yeah, even if I don't like the music. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean that's my whole thing since you know t even ten years ago the MySpace days and things like that. My whole thing was professionalism um, mm -hmm. and being you know respecting people's time, respecting their inbox, and just knowing that they're not going to read a long email. They're not going to listen to five or six songs you send them, especially if it's unsolicited. So just be real professional about it. You know what I mean? Introduce yourself. Let them know what you're trying to do. And even if it's even if you meet somebody in person, like we were talking about, just send them a thank you email. Be professional about it. Then you know that goes a long way. Because I've even had people years later be like, "Man, like when I met you, you sent that follow up email. We stayed in touch, and then you know they end up helping you out down the road." So I think that's very important. You know, to just you know what? That's key. That's key right there, Reg. Is is um, another aspect of it is, is the follow up. People under undervalue the follow up. Um, I've, I've generated quite a bit of business, um, even at the time when, when we were working, uh, just by following up. Mm -hmm. um, and I want people to really understand that that's a very good thing. Don't just think that because nobody responds to your email on the first time, that they just dumped it. If, mm -hmm. you, if you sent a follow-up, I would probably say between five and seven business days. If after the original email, 
uh, a good follow up, I'm telling you, can really work because people are busy. That's I mean, people are doing multiple things all day, and it's not mm-hmm. because they ignoring your email. They may have read your email and just haven't had a moment to get back. But if you send a follow up, that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. Definitely, definitely. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, the film for a little bit. Um, I know it's a couple of years, you know, a couple of years past now, but I don't really want to necessarily talk too much about the actual film. I want to talk about the behind the scenes and, and what kind of drove you to do that. So at the time, um, what made you want to do a film? I know you you did a couple of music videos and things like that, but you didn't really have much experience in films. So what made you want to do a full documentary on the independent hip hop scene? Oh man. Well, uh, at this time, I'm working with Hypnot Records, right? So we have this digital platform that we're that we have me and Kevin um, to to um, for independent artists to get exposure, right? So we're building this thing, and I'm constantly getting emails. Again, it goes back to emails because that's basically our, our main form of communication. Um, so I'm getting emails and poorly written emails about a lot of the same topics. How can I get put on? How can I? you know, get my music on, on the blog or how can I get signed or whatever the case may be. And I was like, man, you know, there should be some kind of manual or a handbook or some type of guideline to get to these artists. Cause my original idea was to do a book, um, and to kind of outline step-by-step kind of, um, how to get into this business. So, you know, I've always tried to go a step further regardless of having experience or not, I think just, you know, studying, watching what's out there, knowing what's missing in the marketplace that you're actually active in and, and fill that void. So I said, well, a book is cool, but people aren't going to read a book, Mm -hmm. but what will be more entertaining is to show this visually. Cause at that time I had several relationships with artists, bigger artists, smaller artists, and in between, right. Mm -hmm. That would have no problem. Um, speaking on camera about it, but again, it's because of the relationships that I've built prior to even doing that. So once I realized that, I said, well, uh, shit, man, you know, independent, I'm always an independent thinker, so why don't I just get somebody with a camera, you know, who may or may not have some experience and just go get some interviews and talk about this subject. Uh, my partner at the time wasn't 100% on board. He really wasn't convinced that I could do it, which obviously drove me to do it even more, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like you said, I've, I've had some, you know, experience with writing treatments for videos and, you know, producing videos. So I had that in my back pocket. So I said, well, it couldn't be that much more difficult, you know, mm-hmm. than, than doing a video at the time. And, you know, I came up with the idea of demos because I was like, well, I, I would use that as a crutch. You know what I mean? I never said that to anybody, but I actually use demos as a crutch because demo is short for obviously demonstration, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew that if it wasn't polished, it would be okay because the title was demos because it did directly link itself to being independent. So all those things will kind of be somewhat excusable in the event that it didn't come out top quality. Mm-hmm. So there's that, yeah. Okay, and then um, what do you think, like, with that process? I mean, I, obviously, we've had hours and hours of conversation about the about the film over the years as it was being created and things like that. But for, mm. for the rest of the world to know, um, where do you think it's important to cross that line of having an idea and actually just executing it? Because, I mean, even, 
you know, we like I said, we listen to a lot of podcasts, and like I, I listened to one last week with Gary V. It's like everybody in the world has ideas. The only difference is mm. the execution. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so funny. where, it's where funny. do you move from the idea to actually like making that shit happen? It's it depends. It, it's really simple. Like it separates the men men from the boys, so to speak. You know, it, you know. Again, I know a lot of people, and I'm sure you do as well, who talk about, I mean, they come up with ideas all the time, Mm -hmm. but doing it, make it happen. You know, this is what is going to move you to the next level. What do you actually want to do here? You know what I mean? Are we playing games or are we really trying to make something happen? Yeah. So it's, it's really that. Like, you know, it's funny. I was having this conversation just last night, okay, um, about, about demos, and once you know, kind of not jumping around, but when I got the, the film finished and it got into a few people's hands, I actually spoke to uh, a gentleman who had been in the film industry for, I don't know, 30 plus years, okay? who This is what he does for a living. He's seen my movie, he liked it, and he told me, he says, man, look, you're in an elite, you know, category now because you actually got it done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got it done. And, you know, he said, and on top of it, it's actually good. I actually like your film. I think it's really great. But when you get something done, it really separates you from a lot of people. And they start to take you very serious. Even when it's completing an album, when it's completing a film project, when it's completing a video. Mm-hmm. The, the, complete, the completion of things is, what's, is what separates you from a lot of people. Really, because there's a ton of people who want to be in this business, in the entertainment business who have great ideas but lack the drive and lack the passion. And I, I had a lot of it. I had a lot of it. Yeah. That, that project wouldn't have got done. It wouldn't have got done, period. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree about um, the whole completion thing because I remember back in 2004, um, I completed a project. I produced like this hip-hop gospel album for this label that mm-hmm. we had at the time. I was like 21. And I remember when I, when I actually completed it, I did that final bounce down. Um, burnt it to the CD and took it to mastering like after then it flipped a switch on for me and I, and you know I don't have any problem with completing projects now you know to this day because once you right. you know get that confidence to complete that first thing and you complete that first thing you're going to ride off of that so how do you you know what do you what would you tell someone out there who's you know maybe young no matter what they're doing if it's film music or whatever who's uh-huh. trying to um, you know build that confidence to actually cross that bridge and, and start completing things and putting it out there for the world yeah, I think you have to take a look at what your idea is, what your idea may be, bounce it off people in your circle. Um, and this, your circle is also very, very, uh, very important mm-hmm. to have a good circle, right? So I would say, even with you, I believe, even when I had the idea, I was like, Reggie, this is the idea that I have. What do you think? You know what I mean? Uh, this simple and play like that, you say, I think it's great. So I'll ask somebody else in my circle. Okay, I think it's great. Okay, cool. Then you look at, again, you look at the space that you're trying to get into. You analyze it. You say, okay, is there anything else like my product in the marketplace? You do some research. Again, the internet is your biggest tool. Mm-hmm. It's free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's free. Everything is right there. So um, after, after you do that, you say, okay, how do I get it done? You kind of have to have a plan. You have to have it mapped out. I don't care. You really have to get a pencil and, and piece of paper and say, okay, this is how I'm going to complete it. Mm-hmm. And you do it. You know what I'm saying? You, and even if it sucks, it doesn't matter. 
even if it sucks, you complete it. You follow, you create a plan, and you follow through. Simple. Definitely. And speaking of Google and the internet and everything being free, it's a perfect segue. Let's talk about being resourceful because as a as an artist, especially when you're younger and, and maybe not have the resources and the funds to, you know, just pay for everything. Um, oh. How do you be resourceful to get things done? So, for instance, with demos, you didn't have a huge budget or anything like that, but it got done. Mm-hmm. So explain yeah. to me, like, what, how important is being resourceful to you? Um, Man, between the Internet and between the relationships that I had, that was really probably 80% of, of me doing what I did. Really, um, again, I have, you know, because I was with a label, because I built relationships with different blog sites and different artists, again, I've maintained the, those relationships. So when I told them that I'm doing a film and I told them what the premise was, I knew based on the premise that they would like it because there was nothing in the marketplace like that. You know, so... I would just, I would send emails to um, all the blog sites that I had relationships with from Two Door Boys to, to man, I mean, all the major ones I, I had people at. So I just reached out to them and I said, I just, Gary, this is the premise of the film. Um, if I can get 10 or 15 minutes of your time to talk about it. And I made it convenient for them. It's mm-hmm. not like they had to go out of their way. And who doesn't want to be on camera talking about, you know, music and telling, telling their friends they're going to be in a movie. So it was a really an easy sell, you know? So it was pretty easy. So resources, man, the internet, man, you, you get on there and the world is your oyster at that point. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's it. You reach out, you know? All right. That's the, um, yeah. Okay. So um, kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, and we're speaking, you know, to creatives who are trying to make a, a living off of their creative passion or, you know, their art or what have you. So how... How do you think a person can find balance between, you know, like a day job and their and their passion until they get, you know, to the point to where they're full time in their artistic uh-huh. career? Because, I mean, I know I've had years where like I would work, you know, part time jobs or, you know, uh-huh. work a nine to five that I hated and, you know, just to pay the bills and things like that. So how, uh-huh. do, you, how do you think like one finds the, the balance between those two until they can get to the point to where they're doing what they love full time? Again, you know, this is tricky because it's definitely going to come down to how bad you want it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you have to make a living. So even during the process of me filming demos, I have to work, man. I still have to live. i got to pay the bills. You know what I mean? I have a family. So, you know, it's 24 hours in a day. You know, I worked eight hours. So what am I doing with, you know, the 16 hours I got left? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you have to use it's time management, man. It's time management. So, you know, after I get off from work, okay, boom, I'm going home. I'm making calls. I'm sending emails. I'm, you know, I'm taking advantage of, of the weekends. Okay. And there's a word that people are afraid of. You and I do it all the time. I've done it for years. It's called sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Right. Would you rather, you know, sit here and watch, you know, sports or Netflix all day where you can be, taking care of some business. Mm-hmm. We talk, really? We talk you know about what I mean? Time, yep. We talk about it all the time. So it's just how bad you want to do it. You know, there's time. There's always time for what you really want to do. And people make excuses. So you have to eliminate those excuses, utilize the time that you do have, and make it happen. I mean, you don't necessarily have to put 
you know, um, a time frame on it, let's say. I didn't necessarily say, okay, this film has to be done at this particular date. Again, you're talking about doing something independently. So I was my own boss. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it would get done whenever it got done. But I made sure that I, I dedicated a certain amount of time each day to getting it done. And that's just how you do it. Definitely. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, I know you had mentioned it a few minutes ago, but goals and writing down your goals and your plans and what you want to do, how important is that? Man, it's everything. Um, man, it's, it's, it's something about, I don't know if it's part of the secret, which I think I may have learned from you at some point, um, but it's something about seeing something visually that really um, creates a certain energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to get too, you know, crazy with it, but you know, I, I believe in energy. I believe in if you focus on something and you're very passionate about something, you speak it into existence. You 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 write these things down. You put them where you know, put them up. I don't know if it's on your bathroom mirror or above your bed or wherever you're going to see this thing every day. Okay, and that's something that's going to keep you focused, keep you motivated. And keep your eyes on the prize, man. And you know, and something to, to work for, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I did it. I did it with demos. I mean, every year I have a vision board party at my house where we just sit around and okay for the year, what are our goals? What are we trying to achieve? Let's let's cut out these pictures from different magazines or newspapers or whatever, mm-hmm. and and put them up because once you see it, it really becomes real. At that point. You know, I have put all these things from getting a distribution deal to getting uh, demos in a, in a movie theater. I put all that on my vision board and all those things came true. Exactly. Yep. I think that's important, too, to visualize, to write, to write it down, because you can have a thought um, and also, you know, to speak it to other people as well. That somebody who's going to hold you accountable for your actions, um, you know, and check up on you, even if it's some if you can't find a mentor, even if it's just a good friend or something. You know, someone who's going to hit you up and be like, have you worked on this today? Have you worked on this this mm-hmm. week? What's your progress? Mm-hmm. Tell me where you're at mm-hmm. with it and things like that. So I think that's very mm-hmm. important. Um, mm-hmm. And another question, kind of similar along those lines. How important do you think it is um, to continue your education? You know what I mean? Like you can learn a lot of stuff in school or whatever, whatever. But I, don't, mm-hmm. I think I've learned way more since I've been out of school um, mm-hmm. just through books, podcasts, TED Talks, talking to people mm-hmm. and experience. So how important do you think it is to continue your education, not only in your craft, but the business around mm-hmm. the business around your craft, um, mm-hmm. and just in life to, you know, to grow as a person and, and things like that. Everything, everything. Um, I'm constantly reading, um, even, you know, you're surrounding yourself with people that also have a certain drive and determination you can learn from the people who you surround yourself with. Um, that's very, very important. You never want to be the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. ever. And you know what I'm saying. So I try to, I try to, try to do that. You know, I constantly learn, constantly seeing from other people's mistakes. Really, you can, you can see. Oh, damn! This person did that. Let me not do that. Well, great. Check it out. You just got educated. You just educated yourself on what not to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, again, it's all around you. You have to pay attention. You have to absorb what's around you, the negative and the positive, and apply that to what you know what it is that you want to do. Simple, it's everything. Yep, totally agree. Well, that's it, man. I appreciate you coming on. This is the first episode. I know, like we talked about it um, the other week, and then now here we are doing it. So I definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and your advice. You know, with the 
with the world on Creative Masters. I appreciate you, my brother. All right, Anytime. Man. Yep, you have a good one. All right, you too. So there you have it. That was episode one featuring Kareem Fort. I hope you guys got a lot of value from it. I know I learned a lot from it as well. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Creative Masters Podcast, and we can be found on creativemasterspodcast.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, so please follow and subscribe and also leave a rating and leave a review. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends as well. Be sure to follow Machine Masters, machinemasters.com and Machine Masters on all social media sites, as well as you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nobody Famous. Until next week, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Talk soon. Peace.